in honor of Mother's Day, we really wanted to bring in three guests that we've had on our podcast before, uh, Shan Berries, uh, Tanessa Shears, and Christina Wilds. They are amazing moms and entrepreneurs. They are doing all the things and we hand it to them. But I think as we get older and we have social media and we have all these mommy and me, you know, publications and groups and all this kind of stuff, I think there's false impressions about motherhood uh, and how glamorous it can be. Well, Chauncey and I really wanted to hand it to the moms for getting down to the nitty gritty and sharing the experiences that three these three mothers have sh- have shared with us uh, in this two-part episode about motherhood and the shit that they don't tell you that you probably should know. Um, these moms are amazing and are so vulnerable in their stories that they are sharing with us. Time and time again, we laugh, uh, we have serious conversations, and I am lightweight traumatized sometimes, but all really great information that we need to know. So sit back, relax, and go on this wild ride with us. It's a two-part episode. We are sharing the first part with you right now. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the So She Slays podcast. I'm Heather. I'm Chauncey, and today we have our friends, our slay queens, and we're going to talk about motherhood and how everything motherhood is, the good, the bad, the pretty, the gorgeous moments, and also like the super really real and ugly truth. Yes. So <laughs> today we have our amazing three friends, and I can honestly say friends, just not like contributors, like our actual dear friends, and feel free to introduce yourself. Uh, Shan, you go first. Hi guys, thanks so much for having me. I'm Shan, I'm the CEO and founder of Shades by Shan Cosmetics in San Francisco um, and the Mama Berries Nonprofit Foundation. So whenever you purchase Shades by Shan, a percentage of our proceeds goes to help single parents in need. Um, I'm also a well-known TV and radio host in the Bay Area. And I'm a mom to my baby boy, Mateo, who is 13 months old. Christina, do you want to you want to hop in here? Hey guys, Christina Wilds. Uh, yes, thank you for having me. I love whenever you guys ask. I'm here because I love so she slays. Um, I am a children's author and writer, and also the founder of Tristan's Book Club, which is a children's book club named after my daughter Tristan, who recently turned two years old. And I'm just excited to talk to you guys, these other moms, and really get real about motherhood. Yeah, Tanessa. Awesome. So my name is Tanessa Shears. Been looking forward to this conversation because I feel like it really needs to be had. But uh, I am a health consultant and I work specifically with entrepreneurs to help them deal with brain fog, wake up well rested. And I do that using biohacking. So a lot of fun doing that. Um, I'm currently 25 weeks pregnant and I have a just turned two-year-old at home. Her name is Hannah. We had the full frozen themed birthday on the weekend with like the let it go playing in the background the whole time. So we're immersed in the Disney and the motherhood right now. Oh my geez. <laughs> that song works my nerves. So God bless you for that. <laughs> that song gets me, Ooh, like, it gives me nightmare. Oh my gosh. I feel like that's everybody, right? It uh, really does. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I wanted to hop into this conversation because like Tanessa said, it's super important. I feel like that we bring some realness to this topic because I feel like it's all sugar coated and it's all put together, all lovely and nice. 
Um, and in the theme of celebrating mothers for Mother's Day, um, I think it's super important too that we hear from the, from these mothers that we've talked to, we've had on the show about their own personal experience, so that maybe our audience can get a little a little insight. Hopefully, little we don't insight. scare you. Uh, warning: We may get a little graphic, so if this is not your jam, go ahead and turn it off. <laughs> and honestly, we're ready for the truth of motherhood. We want to hear what like all the great things, all the bad things, like everything, because motherhood is not easy, and people need to know like the real viewpoints of women especially women who are starting families and have their own business that's important yes okay so let's start off okay. what are some of the ugly truths that you wish you knew before you became a mother God. feel um, free Vanessa? anybody can jump in Vanessa, let's start with you yeah Ooh. okay well let i think it might be fun to start at the beginning like the getting pregnant or the pregnancy part of it since it's like at the beginning and i know for me being in my second pregnancy like I don't think I was properly prepared for the difference between a first and second pregnancy. Like my first pregnancy went pretty smooth for the most part. You know, I, I was, I'm a boot camp instructor as well. So I was teaching like fitness classes up until like five days past my due date. And I had all of this energy. And then all of a sudden I'm in my second pregnancy now. And I'm like, where is this second trimester glow that's supposed to happen? And this like energy that I kept telling, you know, I felt like the first pregnancy, I was like on fire during that second trimester. And now I'm just like, can I get a second nap today? And it's just, <laughs> it's it, the amount of fatigue of having a two-year-old who is in the uppy, 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 uppy stage right now and is like being food picky and all of the things. I don't want to wear that. Don't, don't put those shoes near me. Like having to manage that and then trying to now work in her nap schedule when really all I want to do is nap. But I really think there should be a disclaimer. Like we got to be a whole lot kinder to ourselves going in with kids. Like we don't have the ability to just be like, okay, I'm just going to nap now because I need it or take a day you're still a full-time mom while you're pregnant. I was not ready for that. <laughs> I'm trying to think when I was pregnant, you know what? I had to sleep sitting up because they advise you to sleep on your left side. Eventually my left leg started hurting, which made my whole body hurt. Um, I had the pregnancy pillow. I was like, I'll be fine. It just did not work for me. And of course they don't encourage you to sleep on your back. So I literally, like I'm sitting up in this chair, I would just sit in my bed and go to sleep like this because it was so uncomfortable <laughs> for me to sleep on my left side. Oh my God. One of those moms or people who are like, they said I have to sleep on my left side. So I'm not going to sleep on the right. <laughs> like, okay, but why is that? Why, why, why sleep on your left? So apparently, this is like not even just for pregnancy, it's for people in general. Like okay. apparently when you sleep on your left side, everything kind of like flows better. While That's where your heart is apparently. So it like, it's supposed to be wow. better for your circulation. I I've think. been sleeping on the wrong side my whole life. All my life. All my life I had a fight. Oh my gosh. Legitimately. <laughs> Sleep sitting. The interesting, yeah, the interesting thing about, like you said, with the pregnancy pillow, I don't think anybody also warns you how big that thing is and that mm -hmm. if you have anything less than a king bed, your partner needs to sleep on the floor <laughs> because it's huge. And then beyond that, like trying to turn over in your last trimester of pregnancy, like I didn't realize that you moved and then your belly moved and it kind of needed to be something that you grabbed with both hands and took with you. And then trying to stay asleep while like lugging a stomach back and forth across it. 
that was like, okay. And then you take the pillow and then you got to jam it between your legs again and then kick your feet out from the sheets. Like sleeping is just a, it's a whole other beast, especially so when you start- <laughs> I am disgusted for this right here. I'm just like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. I can barely sleep as it is. I'm not even pregnant. So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I guess the one thing no one told me was that I was actually pregnant. <laughs> I had no idea I was You don't pregnant. even know. Shan's story is crazy. in the yeah, TLC show. Yeah, I didn't so know basically, um, I found out when I was five months pregnant, um, you know, <laughs> I thought I thought I just was, you know, I was chucking it up to like, you're in your thirties now, like stop eating bread and cheese. I'm bloated all the time. Hot Cheetos. I can't, I couldn't drop the weight, the hot Cheetos. Um, and people are like, yeah, welcome to your thirties. I went to the doctors to try to get off birth control or tr- try to change my birth control. Cause I was actually on birth control at the time. And I was like, you know what? I think it's my hormones. I'm not being, I'm not able to lose weight. I'm going to the bathroom all the time. Um, and she never thought to give me a pregnancy test. And she sent me to a bladder specialist for my frequent urination. And she put me on the pill. I was on the patch before. And, um, then I go to the bladder specialist. He puts me on Flomax. Uh, I was on that for a month. He goes, if that doesn't work, come back. I went back. He didn't get me a pregnancy test. So that fast forward five months uh, later, I finally took a pregnancy test at home myself and boom, I was pregnant. Um, So finding out at your 20 week ultrasound that you're pregnant was this craziest moment of my life during a pandemic. Um, Yeah. So that's faces are just <laughs> I know like everybody's jaw is dropped we, right when we first heard this story trust and believe we're like wait what I, I remember like, texting her, I was like what pregnant? is happening like, I'm pregnant I was like wait I was like wait like I, I just saw you yeah you were just partying in Tahoe like yeah I saw you like, out in the out in the streets like, my yes, just like baby's in coming in four four months you mean yes. I don't get the, the, like, had, all the months to lead up to this now yes. it's happening <laughs> yes I had I found out I was pregnant I had a gender reveal a baby shower and I gave birth and had to wrap my head around the fact that I was becoming a mother all in four months so that even so women have postpartum after pregnancy so I can't imagine oh postpartum you had after that that's a lot so I always heard the term postpartum but I didn't really know what it was um until you know I just I was you're you just have these roller coasters of emotions and I didn't feel a bond with my son till maybe he was I don't know, six months old. Cause I gave birth. I pushed for 19 minutes and I, this thing came out and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like I'm a mom now and I'm supposed to love this being. And I'm like, I didn't, I, you know, I, it's, it's, it's messed up to say, but, um, when you're in that position, you just, your mind goes, goes there. And the pandemic too during a pandemic during COVID like everything was shut down I couldn't see my friends I couldn't see my family I couldn't have my mom and my sister in the delivery room with me it was just my partner um I had like I had no idea what was gonna happen but yeah no one no one gets you ready for postpartum either you see all these pictures on social media of oh I love my baby and this this is so cute and like all these newborn shoots and all that and I'm like I fucking hate my life right now like I didn't ask for this And, and, but you are embarrassed to say that and you feel embarrassed as a mother to go and you're like, who can I say this to? Because everybody's like, 
well, you know, you hear about these women that like can't have children and da, 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 and I should feel so blessed. And um, there's a stigma attached to how you supposed to feel. But in reality, it was, I was, I went down a, a really dark, deep place and um, it kind of took me um, a, a really long time to actually feel that bond with my son. Um, and uh, my mom was living us with, with us at the time uh, for six weeks. My husband, my boyfriend, my fiance now um, didn't even want, didn't even think we needed the help. And, you know, my mom was kind of just like taking the baby, changing the baby, feeding the baby. I wasn't really like, I really wasn't there, you know? And I feel like I really didn't have that moment to those moments to bond with him. Like I kind of needed, um, but yeah, no one, no one gets, and the breastfeeding. Can we talk about the breastfeeding you guys? <laughs> it is the most painful thing I've ever endured in my life. I don't know about you guys, like Tanessa or Christina, was it painful for you guys? Well, so it was painful, but she latched. So I felt like I had I got over the first hurdle, like, mm -hmm. oh my God, she latched. We're here, wow. let's do this. And my mom kept telling me, she was like, just get past the first two weeks and you'll be fine. Just get past mm -hmm. the first two weeks. But what they don't tell you is then if you choose to continue breastfeeding past a certain amount of time, they start growing teeth. And <sighs> they don't understand I'm biting on your nipple. So <laughs> my daughter, you know, I would, jump you know because she's like oh that's a funny reaction to what I just did so now she wants to bite my nipple right. <laughs> it like, hurts and it's been again I breastfed until she turned two so sometimes I do believe it was for comfort towards the end so she would fall asleep with my boob in her mouth and she would bite down oh. on my nipple like there is no tomorrow and I was like oh my god Mm -hmm. I have to stick my finger in her mouth to open her mouth a little bit so that she could pull off my nipple. It was, there are stages of pain with breastfeeding, not just the beginning. And I feel like they only tell you to just get past the first two weeks. And it's like, no. no. Yeah. I had to go to, I had to go to a lactation consultant like multiple times because I had I had tears on my nipples and it felt like an open wound that you were pouring lemon juice and salt on every time that they would breastfeed. Oh. And, yeah. And it was the most painful thing that at one, I remember one point my mom had to literally come and take them out of my arms. Cause I was like, ah! like screaming bloody murder because of the pain. And then on top of this, you're supposed to pump. Okay. Oh. So not the breastfeeding, but the pumping right after, and you're like, I, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel here. <laughs> I don't feel light at all. So what about you? Okay, so in, in full being vulnerable, I had a breast augmentation in my early 20s, and yes, there was queen. some nerve damage resulted, and didn't feel a damn thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's a trick. That's a trick. Just get your boobs done. Before. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, that probably wasn't the, the like the uh, expected side effect of going through all that. But I remember at the time I was just like, okay, this isn't too bad. And then it was what my mom told me was going to happen that didn't, that I was so disappointed. My mom was like, I was back in like a size two at like four months because when I breastfed, the weight just came right off. And I'm like, yes, I'm so tired of wearing my sweatpants all the time and my husband's shirts. And I was like happily breastfeeding 
I was like, okay, I'm getting through this. This doesn't hurt. And it's like nine months post. And I'm actually like at the exact same weight as when I walked out of the delivery room. And I was like, that's a lie. That doesn't happen. Obviously it happens for some people, but I was expecting (laughs) to just literally have it fall off of me and be bad. No, I was not prepared for the fact that weight did not come off with breastfeeding at all, but beyond that we were talking about this earlier but waking up in the middle of the night one of the things that I didn't know that happens is your your my baby was was she struggled with eating like enough so she would go stretches during the night where she wouldn't eat we'd have to go in there and wake her up to feed her which is a whole other thing in itself but my boobs would get so full because she would stay asleep and not be feeding often enough that like my skin would feel like it was ripping and I remember like grabbing the little haka pump on the side of the bedside table and like putting it on and trying to like hand pump just so I could like not feel <laughs> and, and, like and it's, it's really funny when you're trying to like sneaky grab the breast pump in the middle of the night when your partner's sleeping and turn that thing on and if you've never heard a breast pump go they're like wow Womp, womp. like there's no such thing as privacy behind a curtain at work like there's like it's very obvious what you're doing here but doing that in the middle of the night to just like try to feel like my skin wasn't gonna rip oh it mm-hmm. was yeah no, like the, the engorging so much that you actually start leaking through so if you're at whole foods and you're walking down the aisle and you're like oh my god and your and your bed sheets are drenched in it. Your pajamas soaked. Your, yeah, so you need to constantly be feeding, or they're going to explode. Well, and then they don't tell you that when you're feeding, the other boob also lets down milk at the same time. And so the first time I'm sitting there, I was like, what is the other one doing? Nobody's sucking on this one. Like, what is, why is there milk coming out of this one? And then that, you know, I learned it too late, but there's this magical thing called a haka pump. And it's literally like a silicone suction cup that goes on the other boob and it's a catch-all for everything that falls out which is great because if you let down enough you don't have to pump extra to get it out but I'm like sitting here I'm like yes this is like a whole bottle worth that just fell out of the other boob but I didn't know that so I always tell people I'm like get something to catch the other side don't just sit there and expect it to waste milk Because it was so sad once I realized that happened and I was soaking through those towels. I was like, that could have been milk that I put in the (laughs) I was effort lost. (laughs) Soaking towels, like they would be drenched in milk. And I'm like, fast forward, I'm like, I totally could have found a way. A haka, we discovered the haka. Mm -hmm. I totally put a haka that and put it in the freezer and just had it and didn't have to pump. And I was like, you know it was disgusting I was like how did this happen (laughs) okay I do have a quick question so I know one of my really one of my best friends she had a baby and she said that like it would just get stuck like the milk would just like not come out fully and it just it's really painful did you guys experience that like it just hurts your boob hurts so it would hurt like um when she said that you weren't able to get it out yeah uh, clogged milk ducts I don't think I yeah had that's what yeah like that yeah clogged milk ducts it's really more so engorgement where like they said if the baby didn't wake up or you didn't have a chance to release the milk and your boobs they would feel rock solid um and I totally tried everything like put cabbage on your boob and <laughs> it'll help with engorgement and I was like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Walking around with a cabbage attached to my chest. Here we go, guys. <laughs> hey, if you want to hear from baby, that's what they call the cabbage patch kids. That's like oh, cabbage, baby. see? I'll be thinking of outside the box, guys. Like, this is crazy <laughs> to me. Like, yeah. I 
Sue, I wasn't personally breastfeeding. My mom was like, mm, ain't, you ain't latching, you ain't going. So like, just take a milk bottle, right? So like, I'm always curious, why would you want, what's the, what is the nutritional value of breastfeeding compared to just like a bottle from the jump, like formula? Um, antibodies. The babies okay. get antibodies from your milk. So um, my husband and I, of course, pandemic, we had her literally right before the pandemic started. Oh, um, and he was working on set. So we like, we didn't know what was going on in March, 2020, right? It was just like no. a lot of misinformation out there. And so my husband and I ended up getting sick and he t tested negative for COVID, but it was literally at the beginning. So later on he had the antibodies. So we're <laughs> pretty sure he had COVID. <laughs> and I caught it right after because I couldn't smell for two weeks. Wow. And by breastfeeding her around the clock, she never got sick. Um, she never even caught a cold literally her first year she didn't get her first fever until certain teeth started growing in so I attribute that to breastfeeding and her being able to get those antibodies after a while they like again I think breastfeeding. after a year yeah it's really good for nutrients apparently there are certain nutrients you can't have in formula but I mean, whatever works for that mom or whatever. Um, it's not, one isn't like better apparently, okay. but I guess there's different nutrients that you could get from breast milk. Uh, if you can feed, that's, I guess what they say to do. Maybe, maybe if Patricia would have breastfed me, I wouldn't be catching all these darn colds all the time. I gotta talk about that, this tonight. Yeah. We have a, a sit down meeting. Yeah. And the fascinating thing, if you come from like the science perspective is like there, there's, I know a lot of it is out of our control and the way the baby comes into the world, just depending on, you know, our medical histories and all of that stuff. But there's actually been lots of interesting research studies that show that babies that are born vaginally do tend to have a lot stronger of an immune system because they pass through the vaginal canal and it's full of, um, all of the, let's say the juices, so to speak, which really <laughs> do give that base immune system. So there are some research studies that if you do happen to a c-section to actually take some swab from down there and wipe it on the baby to actually help the immune system it's fantastic reading about like specifically it was to help with uh gut the gut microbiome and making sure that it's developed so that we can process new like it's it's fascinating the research that's out there in in the benefits of doing that kind of thing and most people don't know about that so I was also double burned because I was a C-section baby. So I didn't have that also. So yeah, yeah Patricia, I was at the streets acting wild as a newborn. Like I was like, I have anxiety, like just take me out. So I have to get a C-section when I do have kids because of like my fibroid removal surgery I had like two years ago. So you're saying that if I take a little swab down there and put that on my baby's head, like a baptism, it's going to work. Yeah, well, that's oh, also, yeah, they also say don't shower your baby for the first or bath them for the first 24 hours, right? Oh, and it's not only me. to let their skin like really get moisturized by all the like the white stuff that they come out in. But uh, yeah, I didn't know that either. I was like, you're not going to bath this baby for a day. You're going to let it no. sit in that's got blood in its hair. Like, <laughs> I'm okay, hair. so basically, <laughs> I'm gonna have to take the goo from me and be like, hey, it's a baptism, baby. Let's do it and get this oh. baby. Also, okay, I'm going to do. Um, no one gets you ready for black tar. Was anyone black, black tar? What black tar? Black gasoline. Tar. That's all we got. <laughs> yeah. So basically, babies poop like it's called black tar because it is sticky, black, gooey, like gum that comes out of them. I guess it's all the like stuff from their umbilical cord and they poop it out for a few days. And you're like, what the hell? is this and so no one talks about that either 
Um, my daughter did that on me. As she, I had a C-section. Oh as she was coming out, they were like, she's pooping. She's pooping. <laughs> You're like, but at least I'm not pooping, right? <laughs> like, that's my worst fear. She was pooping on me as she was coming. Stop. Oh, she my they doing black tar on you guys like the first couple of days no yeah, the, the nurse was literally like, yeah the nurse was like here's a tub of vaseline coat your baby from like knees to back in it because it makes the tar easier to get off it's called McCormick. Oh. okay yeah. so you know what this baby has to oh, give some money afterwards oh, oh, like this is actually wild behavior okay like, so what about what about the the stuff i would say like in the delivery room that you wish you would have known yes i wish i would have known that it's not like the movies where they have a tarp <laughs> up there and like everybody's behind the curtain cheering you on no it is like you are full spread eagle like your hoo-ha's out there your partner is seeing everything and i thought you know i thought that they were going to put a little blanket or something up and i was telling the doctor i'm like no 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 like i don't want him to see i don't want him to see and she's like what are you talking about? Like, you need to push right now. Come on, come on. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I, Matt, like, don't look down there. And she literally took like a little, like a little rag and put it on my hoo-ha and was like, does that make you feel better, honey? And oh, I was like, all right, I get it. Let's just push and get this over with. So that's what it's oh. like. It's not like you are going to be all covered and, and everything. It's Did just- Did you like find that. though at the same time by that point for me, I was just like, who hasn't seen my <laughs> vagina in this room right now? Like, have you all seen it? Like what's going on? And the great thing is my, my husband, um, he has a side hustle. He's a wedding videographer. So he's like, where do you want me to put the cameras so that I get no. the good angle? He made the most tasteful beautiful birth video and I mean it because he's got like the little blurry signs on the nipples and things like that too but it was beautiful but at that during that first labor I was like honey you make sure that camera's like behind my knees I want to make sure there's no clear shots but I want to kind of get the get and, and it's so funny because like when I was watching the footage after I don't know your sense of decency just goes out the window mm-hmm. and like for like it was like two months after before I got a little coy again uh, but like this time I'm like honey I want to see I'm so curious this time because I've been through it I don't have the whole shame thing that I had the first time I'm like I actually want to see it happen this time oh (laughs) my god great (laughs) I would be traumatized y'all are traumatizing me right now (laughs) okay Christina I've got a beautiful video though (laughs) I I had the c-section and they're like oh you're gonna have to recover I'm like okay you know whatever that means so (laughs) they put a catcher inside of me to catch like the urine and things like that because I wouldn't be able to go to the bathroom for the first like 24 hours pretty much the moment I went to the bathroom I urined like for 10 minutes (laughs) I bet it was the best of your life it was (laughs) like capograph you yeah like yeah it was like a liter of pee that came out of me and I was like this is actually uncomfortable um and what I didn't know so thankfully my husband was a super trooper he had to wipe me he had to all that man that's a king right there what the kids say bend over to do it like he would have to sit me in the toilet and mind you I was still bleeding and he would have to um take this spray bottle that they gave him and oh. it was a whole process he would have to squirt the water on me and then dad like wipe me and then help walk me to 
the the bed. How long were you like this? Um, <laughs> my note taking. So like three days. Okay. So I'm lying. I'm lying. He had to help me <laughs> home. He had to help me when I got home, and maybe for like a week that he had to help like with the process of spraying and wiping me because I literally had all of my intestines pulled. You know, everything oh pulled out of me for them to get her out. So like, and this is the craziest thing. The doctor, as we're I'm doing the C-section. The doctor, I'm in this beautiful white room. It's like heaven, right? <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, these are the most beautiful abs I've ever had to cut through. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Thanks. No. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Like, thanks for know, ruining my ab work I have to have going on. Act like, you know, what's going to happen to that? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, having to have someone help me so mind you I've just given birth I have this baby girl that I have to breastfeed and everything but I still need help myself and I'm like no I can do it you know I got it and I'm like actually I don't (laughs) actually I don't this is actually pretty hard trying to figure out mind you first baby um this is the first baby in my family honestly because I don't have any nieces or nephews so it's like I hadn't changed a diaper until I had my daughter. So everything was brand new and postpartum definitely like everything just made me sad. Everything, everything made me feel like it was something that was my fault that I wasn't doing right. Um, and then my husband with his job, you know, he, um, my husband's an actor. And so she was born in December. He was already living in Richmond when she was, when I was pregnant because he was filming something. For like two weeks, he had to go film something. And this was like January. So it was just me and her. And I have this video. She also stopped latching after a week. I mean, I she's relatched when she was six weeks, but I had to pump. And I have this video on my phone where I'm holding her and pumping at the same time, trying to get her to like calm down. And I was like, this is my lowest point (laughs) right here. And I'm going to record it because I want to be able to remember that I got through it. Um, I would have to cook. I would have to put her in a carrier because that was the only thing she would sleep in. And I would have to cook with her in that carrier. I even slept with the carrier on because she refused to sleep any other way. And I was like, what part of the game is this? You guys did not tell me. It's survival mode. You got to do what what you can, when you can. It doesn't matter if you got to sleep with them, sleep on them. People don't get you ready for that. Everything is so glamorous on social media and baby, we're so happy. We're so in love, but like, they don't talk about the lowest points when you're like depressed and crying and angry and you think, you know, the world's against you. And then there's also other family members that may or may not say certain things that, you know, cause mommy guilt, Um, you know, because everybody has an opinion after you have a baby. Um, so people don't talk about that, right? But yeah. let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I remember, I remember my lowest point. I was leaning up against the cabinet in the downstairs, and baby'd been here maybe about six days a week, and I remember just like uncontrollably sobbing. But you have this like weird feeling that you are very aware that your emotions aren't 
even, but it feels just as real, but there's this part of your brain going, it's your hormones, but it still feels real. And I remember looking at my husband, I'm like, we made a mistake. We should not have had kids. And then at the same time, and I'm like, I'm going to be a terrible mother. Cause I was like, Shan, I didn't bond with my baby for about four months. All I wanted to do was go back to work. I'm like, I want to start seeing my clients again. Like I want to feel normal. This feels terrible. I'm not meant to be a mom. Why, why did we have kids? And even like going through being a mom, when I just had that recognition point, when I baby was like six months old, I'm like, I hate playing on the floor with toys. Like, and you, and I was just like, that, like, I'm not like the, the mom with the doll. Like Me I, I, neither. Let's, let's, I need to hear that today. Yes. Thank you. Yes. No, I'm like, let's, I was feel like a bad down. mom yesterday. Yeah. Bring me a book. I'll read you one of your books. That's cool. But like, even to this day, like I don't enjoy being on the floor playing. And I had tremendous amount of guilt for that because I was like, how, what is she going to look at me as? Is like, I'm always either working or reading a book or I'm doing housework and stuff like that. Like, isn't this how you bond? So I had to really do a lot of work on getting past that shame of not being the mom that likes to play on the ground. Like I'm going to be the mom that's going to teach you how to have, you know, a six figure investment portfolio by the time you're 25. Like I am going to teach you how to run a business and make it to six figures in a year. Like that is my jam. You will be set for life. But my husband is the one that's on the floor playing with Elsa dolls. Like, yes. <laughs> it just really is. But I've learned that, like, just really having to let go of what I'm supposed to be like and how I'm supposed to be a mom and that there is the right way because my daughter's going to be a badass. It might not be in the toy way, but my gosh, she's going to be smart. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to give her a whole different set of skills that, you know, my, my husband is, it's a different set of skills and it's a good compliment for us, but my gosh, really getting over the fact that like, I get really bored after 20 minutes of being alone with her sometimes. And I love her to pieces, but I don't think it's talked about the fact that it can be really boring being at home all day with, you know, especially when they're going through the teething and they're temperamental. I don't want to eat that. Take these shoes away from me. Right. Like, I think it's normal to just be a different kind of parent and not have the shame around it and realize that they're going to get those needs met elsewhere. Like my mom is all about being on the floor, playing with her, Grandma, like, they can go, do all go day. hang out with her two days a week. You play, you, you do all the things. And then you come back to me and I will teach you how to clean because she really enjoys <laughs> folding laundry and she's too. So, well, that does it for episode one. Now stay tuned for part two of this interview uh, next week. We talk all about uh, raising kids, having kids, and a pandemic, uh, baby periods, umbilical cords, dealing with the in-laws. Like the conversation does not slow down and does not stop getting real. So stay tuned, catch us next week, and thanks so much for listening.